Well, it's good to be here, and I had a great ride up here this morning, um, coming up 64 and then 29 from Charlottesville, coming over here from a place called Stewart's Draft. About 20 minutes away is where the Blue Ridge and the Skyline Drive meet, um, or about 20 minutes away is Wintergreen Ski Resort, all right in that kind of area there, or about five minutes and you lose all cell service. whichever one you want out of all of those. And, uh, but it's, it's a great place to live. Um, filled up with gas before I came. I think I paid $1.66 or something like that. I'm not sure what it is around here. More, more than that, yeah. And so we do everything a little earlier, you know. So we start school in three weeks, all right. And uh, I think it's a little longer here, right, before that's going to happen. Uh, but we also get out the end of May, so... You can kind of weigh that out and see what you like the best, all right? But um, it's really good to be here. This is our home, my home church away from home. Uh, I go to Ridgeview Baptist Church in Stewart's Draft. Don McClure is the pastor there. And I've had a privilege of working in the school um, there for the last several years. Uh, God has just really blessed there. Uh, I've, this pastor especially, I just really enjoy teaching a biblical worldview class to 11th and 12th graders. It was amazing to watch them. Um, and to see their decision-making process and, and their critical thinking and all of that based on the Word of God, you know, and then developing a passion to take that and use it for God. Uh, just a lot of good things that we've seen happen in the last year, and it's been exciting to um, just see what God has done. Of course, this church is where my children grew up, and especially Jason in the youth group. And uh, right now, he is, well, actually, he's on his way to Tennessee. We are all meeting in a in a cabin um, there, 17 of us um, are meeting there. Uh, I'll come up later tonight. They're already on their way. He's coming from Indianapolis. And so he's been working for GEICO and just got a, a new position as an instructor, training new people who come into the business there. And so they live in Indianapolis, which is a lot closer than Grand Rapids, Michigan. So we're happy about that. He's my favorite child because he's given me three grandchildren, six, four, and two years old. And they'll be there, of course, too. And then both my daughters are now married. Can you believe that? Uh, One year ago tomorrow, I walked Christy down the aisle at Temple Baptist Church in Madison Heights. And then I performed the wedding. And so that was really exciting to see. And her and John have been married happily for one one year now. In fact, John, uh, she met him at Liberty, but he happens to be a graduate of Draft High School right where we live. And then Lisa... Um, met a guy while she was working on her master's also, and he's from Stafford, Virginia, so both Virginia boys, and she got married April 30th of this year, and so uh, both the girls are, they're, they're on the good list now because they're married, and now they can bring the children in for me, grandchildren in, um, and then my sister Sandy, I don't know how many of you know her, um, but 20 years ago, a little over 20 years ago, I guess she went into missions, And um, then 20 years ago, she came back over with a guy she had met over there, and I performed the wedding right here in this church. And so, anyway, we're all going to be together. And this year for my parents, they just celebrated their 60th anniversary. So that's exciting, too. Um, Dad is still teaching and playing piano and just staying involved and helping out at the school and the church there. Mom is very involved. She substitute teaches right now still at the age of 83. And so uh, God has really blessed them with good health, and it's just been exciting to see what, what God has done. I noticed here that I have some water. Where's Travis? Did he leave? Oh, there he is. Yeah. Um, 
when I talked about my dietary needs yesterday, what was it that we came up with? Yeah, Coke Zero, but water, I guess, is better for me, so we'll have to go with that. Anyway, we were joking around a little bit about my dietary needs for, you know, the service today and all. Uh, We've got to have a little fun, don't we? And uh, have some joy in the Lord. But anyway, it is so good to be here. It's good to see all of you. Um, And if you want to do some more hiking, um, I live right there, and that's my passion. I hike all the time. I I can be on Blue Ridge Parkway in 15, 20 minutes and hike as far as you want to go, okay? Just watch out for the ticks. Last September, I picked up Lyme disease and had to battle through that a little bit, but God is really blessed. I have no problems from it at all now, and uh, so thank God for that. But I love hiking. Looking forward to doing a little bit of it in the Smokies this week. Well, I guess we better go ahead and move on, huh, and get into the Word of God here a little bit, but I just wanted to share with you a lot of you I've known for so many years, kind of keep you updated on what's going on in our lives. It's good to see what God is doing here to hear all of the, the neat things that are taking place, all the people that are being saved, uh, youth group and children's ministries growing, and, and just so many great things that are happening. And I know that God wants to do even more. And I want to challenge you today, just put aside everything that's in the way or, or any concerns you have about, you know, well, I, I just, I try to serve God, but I just can't do it. You know, we, we all are human, aren't we? And we all have our problems. And even when we're having a lot of victories, people don't see all the things we're going through in the background, do they? They don't know the things that we're fighting and we're struggling with. I mean, near the end of the school year, I walked in one morning and I just had a lot to get done and I needed to be focused and ready to go. And I walked to my, to my classroom door, pulled out my car keys, punched the button, and nothing happened. And all of a sudden I realized I wasn't at my car. I was at my classroom door. And we all have times like that, don't we? First thing, of course, I did was looked around to make sure no one was looking. But we all have times like that, don't we? We all have things that we struggle with. We all have things that drive us crazy. We all have problems in our life and challenges and difficulties. And yet the Word of God can work in spite of all of those. They won't disappear. Everything won't get easy because you're serving God. It won't all of a sudden become easy to follow His Word and do everything that He says. But you can have victory because of Christ. Because what He did on the cross of Calvary for us. Today's message is about, it's all about love. And I believe that love is kind of a word that we've gotten a little bit of afraid of in the church. Because we see in the world how this whole thing is playing out, right? And it's all about love. And and love means you should let people do whatever they want to do and and say whatever they want to say. And and there doesn't have to be any standards or principles or values or anything like that. And we kind of get afraid of the word love. Like it's kind of like a, it's like a weak word, you know, and it's like a fluffy word and it doesn't really mean anything. But today we're going to talk about the love of God. We're going to talk about what it really means to have God's love and how that impacts everything that we do in our lives. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. We're going to start reading in the first three verses here to get things started. But I, want to, I just want to challenge you to be focused on this idea of what God's love is really all about. Verse 1. Though I speak with the tongue of men and of angels and have not charity or love, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Now, Lord, we come to you right now with a strong desire to hear from you. We want you to make your word clear to us. Open our hearts, Lord, to accept it and receive it, and then help us, Lord, to live it as we leave this place. 
And God, I just pray that you'll do a mighty work in our lives that we can truly shine for you and share your love with a world that desperately needs you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The word love has been overused and wrongfully used, but it's the foundation of everything that God has done for us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The love of God surrounds everything that we do. Now, I want you to understand something about the love of God. God's love goes beyond the the physical love that we talk about, which is important in our world in the right place, but the physical love, it goes beyond even that love that is a family love, where it's very strong just because we're connected because of our blood and, and, and we actually put up with more with each other, right, because, because we're family and so forth, and we will love each other even when we don't like each other, right? And then it goes beyond that to brotherly love, which is probably the strongest love we have in this world, but it's still kind of a give-and-take love, to God's love, agape love, which is God giving 100%. But do we really realize how much God gave? You see, it's not, we, we can't have this picture that God one day was walking around by himself and he got kind of lonely and discouraged and, and he decided he needed some people that he could have a relationship with. So he went ahead and created man, created this world for him, and then, you know, man sinned. And so now he's, if he wants those people back, he's got to love them and send his son to die on the cross for them. But that's not true at all because God in the Trinity was complete. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to talk about the Trinity today, but I want you to understand that God was complete. He was not lonely. He didn't have to have anything. He was already perfect and complete in every way, and yet he chose to say, I want to have more relationship, and he reached out and created the world because he cared and loved us. He chose to love us. And then, of course, when we sinned, instead of giving up and destroying us, he chose to give us another opportunity, and he sent us to die on the cross so that we could have eternal life. That's the love that goes beyond every other love. It is not a love that I can live in an earthly way. It's just not possible. I may feel like I get close. You may have some examples of people that have gone pretty far with it. But there is no way that anybody can reach the love of God, that perfect love. The only way we can live that is to allow him to live through us, right? To allow him to flow through us, through the Holy Spirit of God, to be able to share that same love with those around us. And that's what we want to talk about this morning. In 1 Corinthians, the people were pretty confused about what love really is. You know, there was division. There was immorality. There was so much selfishness. There were so many things going on there that they were really struggling. And, and Paul took time out through God's plan to talk to them a little bit about love. But if we're going to have love, the kind of love that God has, we're going to have to be serious about it, aren't we? My grandson, Nathan, is a Lego maniac. He loves Legos. He's got every set. But I mean, he's six years old. He listens to YouTubes or watches them where the people are literally building a new Lego set, and he watches them build it. And now he's making videos, with his dad's help, of Lego sets that he's putting together. I mean, he loves Legos. In, in fact, he was building a set while I was there, and he's putting it together, and I'm looking, I don't know what in the world he's doing next. I'm looking at the direction, I don't even know what's going on, you know. And finally I said, how about these two pieces? And he said, well, I don't really need those two, but thanks anyway, granddad. And, and, you know, but he just loves Legos. 
And so because he loves them, he's doing everything he can to find out about them and how they work and all the different ones you can get and how they all go together and all of that. And I'm thinking to myself, are we that way about wanting to follow the word of God? Are we that way about wanting to show his love to others? Are we really willing to go beyond what we want love to be to what God says love really should be? And if we're going to do that, we're going to have to look at what God has to say about his love and understand the importance of it. Here we have some verses here. They say, though I speak with the tongue of men of angels and have not love, I'm like sounding brass or tinkling cymbal, right? And it begins to name these different things. And I began to do a study of this, and I'm thinking to myself, wow. I mean, to be able to speak, with, to be able to speak in any language, right, of man, to be able to speak in the, in the language of the angels, to be able to do those things would be pretty neat. And, and you could use some of that to, to reach people, right, for God's glory. I mean, isn't that a good thing? Don't we want some really great speech? Don't we want to be able to teach and preach and reach people wherever they are and overcome cultural problems and all those things? Don't we want to reach people with the gospel of Christ in that way? And then it goes on to say, what if I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge? Wouldn't you like to understand every part of the Bible? Wouldn't you like to understand the parts that you've always been a little confused about or uncertain? Wouldn't you like to really know for positive this is exactly what God wants me to do in this area? And I think we can know the Word of God, but there's obviously a lot of things we're going to get to heaven one day and we're going to find out we didn't know. Wouldn't it be great to understand all of it? And yet here he's saying if you do that, it's all worthless if you don't have love. And then it started talking about faith. And it said you could have faith to move a mountain and if you don't have love, it's worth nothing. And I thought to myself, wait a minute, without faith, it is impossible to please him. You've got to have faith. And then it goes on to say, if you give your body to be burned, if you totally sacrifice everything without love, there's no real value. You know, the rich man was told, sell everything you have and give to the poor and come and follow me. But he wasn't willing to do it. Aren't these good things? Don't we need to speak out for the Lord? Don't we need wisdom in this day that we live in? Don't we need faith if we're going to possibly follow God and do what he wants us to do? Don't we desperately need to be willing to sacrifice and give of ourselves and our time and our talents and our goals? And everything? Don't we need all those things to be able to serve God? What he's saying here is not that those things don't matter. He's saying that all those things that are vital and necessary and important to God that we need in our lives are worthless, though, unless we are surrounding it with the love of God. Because our purpose on this earth is to reach people with the gospel of Christ, to glorify Him. You see, the thing is, everything we do on this earth, we can do better in heaven. We can, great singing, but we can sing better in heaven, right? I, I hope you enjoy the preaching today, but I guarantee you there's a better preacher in heaven. You know, everything we do here we can do better in heaven, except we can't share the gospel when we get to heaven. Now is the time that we share the love of God with others. And what he is saying here is, I want you to understand that in everything you do, you've got to make sure that you are sharing the love of God within it. That the love of God is surrounding and infusing. It is a part of everything that we are doing. That love has to always be there. Um, years ago, we took a senior trip. Uh, to Florida, and the, the high schoolers were getting ready to go, and, and the girls, the group of girls got together, and they decided that they were going to buy some squirt guns and get the guys. They knew that when we got to Florida, we'd meet in a room somewhere, and we would 
be all together, and they were going to have these squirt guns hidden, and they were going to get the guys. So they went out, and they bought these little squirt guns, and they hid them away. But they weren't very smart because they kept talking about it. And you know how that goes, right? Didn't have Facebook back then, but we still could hear things, you know. And, and so the guys heard about it. And so they got finally on the trip, and the girls, I mean, they were so excited. This was like two months they were planning this, you know. And they finally got down there. They made sure their water guns were filled up. They got into that room, and they sat down first. And the guys, you know, walked in, and they sat down, and, and the girls stood up, and they pulled out these squirt guns, and they started squirting them. Now, if you've ever seen those little squirt guns, they don't really do much, right? You know, just a little water comes out like that. And all of a sudden, from underneath the chairs, the guys pulled out super soakers. <laughs> and they drenched the girls. I mean, those girls, they couldn't even run or anything. They just were like, they couldn't believe this had happened. Their plan had been ruined. They didn't even care about, at that minute. You know, they didn't even think about, I need to get away from this water. And they were drenched from those guys. God is saying that in everything we do, we can't just use the little squirt gun, right? And just do what we've always done and say, well, I love people. Well, I, I, I care about them, you know? I mean, I, I want to do the right thing. God is saying, no. I want you to take my love and drench people with it. I want them to know my love in a way like they have never known it before. And what does that mean? What does that look like? Um, I remember when uh, Saddam Hussein was um, executed and a lot of people at the school where we were at at the time, you know, they were excited that he had been caught and that this, this criminal was going to finally be put to death and his reign of terror would be over and all of that. And I remember one of the high school girls over in the corner, she was crying. And I went over to see what was wrong with her, and she said, I know he's a bad guy, and I know from an earthly standpoint he deserves to die, but I just wish somehow I could share the gospel with him before he died. And I began to think about that, and I thought, you know, do we, do we put limits on, on who we love? You know, well, I love them. Well, they made a mistake, but I still love them. Well, they really did some bad things, but I love them. I don't know if I can do it for this or for this or for this. But you know, as Christians, and this would not be popular to say, but as Christians, I could name Saddam Hussein or anybody else who has been wicked in this world, and it was God's plan for them to get saved. And they deserve salvation as much as we do, which is none at all. We're sinners that deserve hell. We're sinners that don't deserve anything that God has to give us. And we should have a love that would reach out to everyone. When we talk about social and political issues, you know, and, and we talk about, you know, gay rights or things that are having, happening with ISIS or different things like that, what is our attitude toward those things? Do we want people to be judged or do we want to see them saved? Regardless of their sinfulness, it doesn't mean we can't stand for right. It doesn't mean we can't stand against things that are wrong. It doesn't mean we can't take a stand for our nation. Not talking about that, but in our heart, do we really want to help them? Is this our argument whenever we get into a talk with people? Is, our, is it automatic for us to say, yeah, well, I'll, I won't do this, and 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 praise God that you won't do those things? Because if they're wrong, you shouldn't. We should never support sin, should we? We should never be for it. We have to stand strong. But what about if our heart was, what are the 20 things I can do? What are the five things I can help with? What are the, I know the things I can't do, but what I'm excited about is the ways I can reach out. How can I help people? How can I reach out to people? What can I do that doesn't 
cause me to support what somebody is doing or the wrong direction that they're going. How can I show them the love of God? The love of God is not weak, but it is something that everyone needs. And we have to have an attitude that says, I want to reach out to people. And I don't care what level that's at. In every part of our lives, my son, um, he went to Houston, Texas when they had all that flooding and all, and he had like 40 adjusters under her that, under him that all day long, all they did was just for 12 hours write out estimates, you know, and checks and all that. He had to go out and buy 40 printers so they could print them out and stuff like that. And, and they, just, they did this for about three and a half weeks. Um, of just 12, 14 hours a day, just taking care of people, taking care of people. Well, they got into this building, and in this building, this building was owned by another group, and they were using part of it. But they had to get to different parts sometimes, and the security said, I'm sorry, but we can't let you go to the other part, um, except when you have one of us with you. And so you've got to have a pass card, and you'll have to come and get us every time you want some help. And then they had been told that the cleaners were not to clean their side. They were only going to clean the rest of the building. So Jason went in and he said, Dad, I just went ahead and went in and talked to them and got to know them a little bit and told them how much I appreciated, you know, what they were going through and helping us out and all of that and got to know them. The next day, a security guard walked up and handed Jason his own pass card. And he was the only one that had one that whole time. And the only office that got cleaned on that part of the building was guess whose? You know Why? Because he showed them love. Because he showed that they were important too. Because he showed that he cared about them in the midst of all the busyness. In our jobs, in everything we do, we can make a difference. It's not about what we get back, but we can make a difference by showing love that we, compare, that we care. And people can tell when you take a strong stand and they don't even like it, but they can tell you love them. That's why there are people that come to church that know that things are preached against that they do but they know that they're loved there, so they come. There are people everywhere like that, and you can make a difference in their lives just by showing that love in everything you do. When Pastor Greg and the group went to Tanzania, they showed love, didn't they? They took an interest in the people there. I saw that video where Greg's doing Big Big House, right, with the pastors there, and I'm like, wow, you know, if I had the guts to do that too. But he was having fun with them, right? He was part of them. He was showing them love, that he cared about them, that they, could, they just needed some time to just have fun and just enjoy themselves. And, you know, in other words, in everything we do, we can do that. All of my service needs to be surrounded by his love. I work with middle and high school students a lot. And, and you know, when I work with them, um, you've got to stay positive with them and you've got to keep them moving and you've got to keep things going along. But they can do things that will drive you crazy. Truth is, we can do things that drive them crazy, but they can do things that drive you crazy. And it can be hard sometimes, but you've got to be interested in them. You've got to care about them. They've got to know that you love them, and they will read you fast. If you don't show love, they will know it. And they're always coming up and telling me different jokes that they've had and stuff like that. And, and so, you know, I have a repertoire of, of little um, dry jokes if you want them, okay? I can tell them to you. Like, why, why was the little strawberry sad? Because his parents were in a jam. <laughs> and I can tell you all different kinds of jokes like that. They come in and they give me one a day. They, I don't know, they research. If they do their homework like that, we'd be in good shape. But they research that. You have to care about what they care about. 
course, I'm kind of known for my own dry jokes. Uh, a student one year at graduation came up, and when I handed him his diploma, he gave me a book called A Thousand Worst Jokes Ever or something like that. Uh, but you've got to love them. You've got to care about them. You've got to be a part of their lives. We can show God's love in everything that we do. We have to care about people. They have to know that we love them and we care about them, even when we stand against them, that we're not so quick in everything we talk about to say that and this and the other that's negative and against them, instead of saying, no, I, I stand for what's right, but I care about you. And you know what? What about if we learn to empathize about people and we say, you know, listen, this person that feels this way, I know it's wrong and it's sin but it's hard for them, and it's real to them, isn't it? And I don't care what it is, to them, it's a big, important thing, and they need somebody that says you have value. And there's a God who loves you, and he will take you just as you are, and yes, he will change but you, but that's not the thing for me to have to do. It's my job to show that love while I stand for a God that I love too. I love God first and others second. That keeps me in the right place. Now, the verses go on here, and we have to move on because it begins to tell us what this love is really all about in, in chapter, uh, verse 4. Charity suffereth long and is kind. Charity envieth not, vaunteth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil, rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Love never fails. God's love never fails. And we have to share it and share it and share it even when it doesn't look like it's working. I had a great aunt. She was born in 1898 and she died in 2002, 104 years old. When her husband got sick, she took care of him. He had Alzheimer's and he, he didn't know what he was doing. She gave up her Sunday school class. She was still teaching in her 90s. She gave up her Sunday school class and the other things she was doing, and for two years, she just took care of him. Not because she was going to receive anything back, but because she loved him. And she was willing to give, knowing that in this life, she would never receive back. When Christy got married, I had told her husband now, of course, John, but I had told him before they got married, he said, what, what do you want to say, anything, any advice to me or anything like that? And I said, you know what, what I want for my daughter is this. I want you to love the Lord with all of your heart, and I want you to share that love with her. What more could I ask for? Everything kind of com combines there, doesn't it? Don't do this, don't do that, don't do this, do this, do this, do this. No, if you really love her the way that God loves you, if you take that love and you share it with her, you'll do the right things. You'll live the right way. You'll treat her the right way. That's what I wanted. Because this love that we talk about here, it doesn't envy. It doesn't think about itself. It doesn't think wrong things. It's not easily angered. It doesn't think things that shouldn't be thought. This is the kind of love we're talking about. This is not a fake love, a fluffy love. This is a love that takes some work, doesn't it? Because I'm naturally selfish. And I like to have my own way. I used to always say, I'm, you know, I'm always happy as long as I get my way. I like to get my way. I like things to go right for myself. We are naturally selfish, and to put that away is going to take some work. But God is saying to us, godly love places others above our own personal desires and our own needs. We develop a selfless testimony. We control the negative thinking that can jump in so quickly where we constantly respond. Yeah, well, so-and-so, right? 
Or I can't believe they did this. And we're so quick to do that instead of thinking about their need and really meeting what they need. Not being an enabler, not giving in to things that are wrong, but I'm talking about really helping people where it matters to care about them, to want to see them successful. When I have a student who's causing me so much trouble, I'm just ready to scream, that's when I need to stop and say, what can I do to make them successful? What can I do to bring them back where they need to be? What can I do to draw them, you know, to help them look to God? Because he's the one that has to transform them. What, what is it that I need to do to make a difference in their life in a good way? How can I share the love of God with them? This love has to be consistent long-term. It's long-suffering and kind. It doesn't give up easily, right? It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. This is the love that we're talking about here. We, we used to have a really good volleyball team. We won three straight champ, state championships in a row. And then we went through seven years of nothing, you know, couldn't win anything. This past year, our varsity volleyball team won a total of zero matches. But our JV team won the regional championship because we started off with a group of young girls. Some of them fifth grade even were playing. And we worked up through until finally we've got a stronger team, right? Young, but strong team. But you know what? It had been easy to quit and give up. After you look up at the wall and you see those championship banners, you know, and you think, yeah, that happened back in the days of the dinosaurs, you know, or, you know, back when I was young or whatever. And, and it gets kind of discouraging. But no, you keep working and you keep working and you keep working. We cannot give up. We have to do what we know will please God. Godly love, though, also stays within the boundaries of God's word. And I want you to get these two phrases. Rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. That's the boundaries that keep us from using this love in a wrong way. That's the boundaries that keep us from, keep, keep us from you know, applying it the way the world applies the word love. We don't rejoice in iniquity or sin. When God calls it sin, it's sin. We cannot give in on that, and we stand firm and strong for what God says is right. We rejoice in the truth of what God says is good and God says is right and God says is the best way and God says is the way to honor him. That is the way that we rejoice, not in iniquity, but in the truth. That's the boundary that keeps us safe. You see, love never fails when it's the love of God. But here's what it comes down to. Can you apply this in every part of your life? Moms, dads, can you look at your children and can you say, I love you with all of my heart. I love you with a love that will not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoice in the truth. So I will do what's right. But I love you. I don't want to provoke you to wrath. I, I want to do the right thing for you. I want you to have the very best. I want to see you successful. And even though I'm the parent, I'm going to put away my selfishness and my desires. And, and I'm never going to give up on you. I'm going to bear all things, believe all things. I'm going to trust God's word. I'm going to hope all things. I'm going to endure all things because I love you that much. Kids, can you look at your parents and say, sometimes you may drive me crazy, but I want to follow the love of God. And, and I want to love you the way that I should. I want to honor you and obey you the way that would please God, even when it's hard. I, I, I want that kind of love. I, I want to endure and I want to build within my life right now this love that will take me all the way through. After salvation, that will allow me to, to live the right kind of life, be the right kind of person, have the right kind of relationships, 
and serve God and share his word. Husbands and wives, you ask the same question. And even with people who you can't go up to, can you walk up and just look at your boss, look at your teacher, look at your neighbor, look at whoever it might be and say, I love you and I want to love you the way that God loves you. And that means I'm going to keep within the boundaries of rejoicing not in iniquity, but rejoicing in the truth. But I'm also going to, I'm also going to be really careful to, to make sure that I really care about you. I'm not going to get caught up in the gossip or the division or all the things like that. I'm going to stand strong for what's right, but I'm going to do what's best. I'm going to do what God really wants. I'm going to share his love with you. And I'm not going to quit or give up. I'm going to endure. I'm going to believe because God's love never fails. What if we were that way with our community? What if we were that way with everything we do everywhere? With every group even the things that drive us crazy? What if instead of talking about how much it drives us crazy, and, and there's a place for that, but we also stop and say, now, how can we show God's love? How can we honor God and do what's right, but show his love to this group? How can I show that I care about them and they can see what salvation can do for them? And now abideth faith, hope, and love. All important, all necessary, all vital. These three but the greatest of these is love. I want to challenge you, Christians, to look at our families, at our schools, at our jobs, at our ministries, at our work, wherever we are, and apply this. And then I want to go one step further. I want you to think about this as you're a Christian, if you're a Christian, but if you're not, if you're here today and you're not sure that you're going to heaven, you're not sure you know Christ as your Savior, I want you to think about this. My daughter and I have a little thing that we do, um, Lisa, the youngest, of course, and um, we always would say to each other, I love you more than you love me, and I said it first. That was kind of our little saying. And now and then we'll still do it in a text. It'll be um, I-L-Y-M-T, you know, whatever, and, and we'll just do the initials for it. But, but we always said that, I love you more than you love me, and I said it first, exclamation point. Uh, and, and that's just something special that we've always done together. But you know what the truth is? I held her right after she was born, and I said, I love you first before she ever thought about it. But you know what? One day, Adam and Eve sinned, and sin fell upon the world, and because of that, all of us became sinners. We're born sinners. We have no hope, no way of salvation. But one day, God looked down at us, and he said, I love you more than you love me. And I said it first. And he sent his son to die on the cross for our sins, that we could have eternal life. The wages of sin is death, eternal separation, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Think about it. God said, I love you more than you love me, and he always will. And he said, I said it first. But we can receive that love that lives within us, dwells within us, and we can have that love to enjoy to keep us, to strengthen us, to empower us, and then we can let it flow out and use our spiritual gifts and our personalities and our time and our talents and everything we have to share the love of God that can save them from their sins. Aren't you glad that God loved us first before we even cared about him? That's the salvation that you can receive this morning. These three, but the greatest of these is love.